Okay, and we're live. Hello, hello. My name is Plamedi, and this is the Emotionally Honest One. Um, this podcast is really going to just be about <clears throat> talking in the beginning. Um, if you guys have seen the title screen, um, this podcast is called In the Beginning. And I think that that's kind of appropriate because... Um, I'd like to kind of start everything from the beginning. That way, like, when there's future podcasts done and uh, future guests and things like that, you guys can have more of an opportunity to um, know more and just have more context. <clears throat> so, uh, let's start from the beginning then. Okay, so, uh, hi, my name is Plamedi. <laughs> Um, I am biologically 22 years old. It always makes me laugh because, like, when I think of like me being 22, it's like it's weird because, like, I'm older than 22. As like people will kind of learn as these podcasts go along. Um, I, I mean this in a spiritual sense, but I think I'll just start from the beginning, and um, we'll. we'll we'll, we'll kind of go along on this journey together. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, I'm from Congo originally. I'm born in Congo uh, within this lifetime. Um, so uh, I came from Congo and then I came to Canada, which is where I reside. I live in Windsor, Canada. And um, I came here at the age of five. So I've spent a long time in this country. Um, spent a lot of time in different countries as well, the States, Europe, um, France, Germany, a bunch of different places. And um, um, I wasn't exactly the most academic kid as a kid. I wasn't. I was more someone who was more interested in the concept of life, even from a small age. Um, and I was always artistic. Um, I'm an artist. Um, that's my biggest trait. <laughs> um, so it's also what I do for a living as well. So this is the reason why we're doing this podcast, because it's a mode of expression. I believe that an artist, just like Nina Simone says, like must reflect the times. And then I also believe that like an artist um, must express just in general. Like if you don't express to me, it's like you're not really an artist. But that's just my opinion. Um yeah, so I um, wasn't, I was more of a listener of life. Like, I just was more into life than I was into books. And um, I think that I really hit my peak when I was maybe like 16, 17, because that was when I had my spiritual awakening. And when I had my spiritual awakening, it was so transformative. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was really transformative. It was just like, it was crazy too, because it's like, it was, it, it was like, now that I look at it in hindsight, it would be the catalyst for the life that I lead now. But also at the same time, when I was young, I'll, I'll kind of break it down. Um, my spiritual awakening happened because I smoked a joint. <laughs> Literally, like I, I smoked a spliff and boom, I was like, oh shit, I'm God. Like, it, you know, it just, it, it hit me. Um, but, um. I didn't really know how to take that in, you know? Um, I think that the best way that I kind of like to, to explain it is I smoked a spliff and 
after I smoked the joint, I looked around me and I was like, wait a minute, I'm not dying. Back then, marijuana was illegal, so I was like, and like, we had all the propaganda about marijuana, and especially me being Congolese, weed isn't even something that's like brought up ever. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, whoa, like, I smoked it, and I was like, wait, I'm not dying, I'm not crying. In, in fact, life actually seems to be crisper, it seems to be more HD. It's my thoughts also seem to be more expanding. I'm happier. Like, what's going on? And it just kind of made me think, wow, if the government is lying about this, what else are they lying on? And then that just opened the doors to... <laughs> that just pretty much opened up the doors to uh, me becoming a truth seeker. Um, and um, I went on my path to find my truth. And um, I, I'm... Excuse me. Um, I'm now seven years in and, um, it's been an amazing journey. I've met a lot of amazing souls. I've met a lot of amazing people who just, man, like they're just great. Like they're just powerful beings and like powerful, not in the way that we would look at the modern definition of power in the sense of somebody having uh, a lot of wealth or goods or resources, but these are powerful people in the sense of like, these are the real shakers and movers of society. These are the people that powerful people use to shape the world in their vision. Like, um, and for me personally, I've noticed that those have been the shamans, um, the gurus, the spiritual teachers. Um, but more, more than anything, it's the artists. Everything in society was created by an artist. Everything has been created out of imagination. So, um, one of the things that I was going to find really, like, it, it kind of pain, it pains me a lot, actually, is that, like, man, like, bro, like, artists, we don't get our respect in society, even though we built everything in society. You could be the most logical, mathematical person in the world, but when you need systematics drawn for your building, you're going to call an artist. You're not going to call your engineer. You're not. So, it's like... It's, it's like you need to have the ability, like artists, is, ah, it's, just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how undervalued um, art is, which is so funny too, because like art is the reason why we're alive. Can you imagine life without music? Can you imagine life without movies? Can you imagine life without the ability to express yourself differently through clothes, AKA fashion? Like, like bro like humans are expressive beings that's the reason why we're godlike beings um gnosis people say that we're god's brother um the christians say that we're god's son all of them are really just saying one thing somehow some way we know one universal truth and that's the fact that we are connected to god and god is within us in some way um <clears throat> so it's just like bro it's like you like the creators like the gods of your society look how you treat them man look how you exploit them it's just it's, it's just really sad to me sometimes but anyway so um, um i kind of yeah so i smoked the split kind of had that vision went down that spiral of becoming a truth seeker and then as i went on my journey met amazing people um um met amazing teachers along the way too and different beings from different realms um, 
it just it just um started meditating a lot more started really tapping into the astral realm um i'll talk a lot about the astral realm in these podcasts uh, um but yeah yeah um so yeah like it just it was really it was really that um I'm also like big into like taking my time, so <laughs> um, don't mind me if I'm just kind of doing my thing. Um, I think that in society we're always kind of rushing to say things that we don't really say. <coughs> mm, excuse me. Um, we don't really say what we mean to say. We kind of circumvent what we're really trying to say because we're just trying to get the thought out. Um, so, um, I think the most interesting part recently for me lately has been being an artist. So after meeting all these teachers, um, eventually, um, I started awakening all of my spiritual gifts. And one of my spiritual gifts was being, um, creative. Like I was always creative, but like now I was aware of it. Um, I tell people all the time, enlightenment is nothing but awareness. Like, <clears throat> People, <laughs> humans, we're, we're, we're such funny creatures. Um, people look at spirituality and they look at the ancient ones and they go, oh man, the ancient ones were like the peak of like human physicality and like it's them who we must look up to. And I always say like, yes, you're right. We, we definitely should. We have, just in the same way that we should respect everyone on this planet. But it's also, we need to forget that like, humans evolve like we're like pokemons like that's kind of like the dopest part about humans more than our intellect more than anything it's our ability to evolve that's our real superpower so it's like it just it just blows my mind when um when we don't really tap into that like you know what i mean it's just it's just weird but yeah so um Yeah, so, 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 um, it's just kind of weird for me, like, when humans don't tap into, like, their ability to evolve, like, humans are great at it, like, it's just, it's just weird, it's just weird, but, um, anyway, so, like, yeah, like, the ancient ones, <clears throat> we look at them, but we also forget that, um, what they were aware of is, how do I put this in a way, okay, I'm gonna break this down in, in a scientific way, and this is gonna make a lot more sense, okay, Biologically, we know that every single offspring that you give is going to be genetically better than you. So, whether you're whoever you're listening, boy, girl, woman, man, doesn't matter. When you have a kid, and if you have a kid, your kid is going to be genetically superior to you. That's how we. That's that's literally how it works. That's why some of us have wisdom teeth. Some of us don't have wisdom teeth. That's why certain people are certain heights, things like that. Um, it's all part of the evolutionary process. So your kids are just going to be genetically better than you. Now, let's take Jesus and Buddha, people who were born thousands of years ago. You really don't think that humans have evolved enough? Like, I look at what the central, like the central consciousness is. Let's take an average Joe, right? Nowadays, the average Joe knows what a chakra is. You can, you can point it out. You can show them a picture of it. They might not know what it does, 
where it comes from or what, but if you show them a picture, like, hey, have you seen this image before? They'll go, yes. A thousand years ago, nobody had seen that. So the level of consciousness that people are on just on a regular basis is almost godlike. So I think that we also need to keep that in frame when we're, we're talking about um, ascension and ancient ones and spirituality and growth. We need to remember that we are the new ascended masters. And I know that for a lot of people, that seems like a lot of work. And trust me, I'm definitely one of those fucking people. But we need to accept that we are the new ascended masters. We are the new gurus. We are the new mentors. It is our turn. So we got to, we, we're here, guys. We're here. We're really here. So um, I think that the moment when spiritual people start kind of recognizing that truth, um, what will advance, will really advance. Um, so anyway, let's see. Um, so yes, uh, I became an artist and I started kind of making music. Um, and, um, I started, uh, really tapping into my ability to create life. That's really how I see art. It's just really an amazing ability to create life. That's why usually artists are rather sexual people. Um, it's because your life force energy is also the same energy that's needed to create art. <coughs> that's why, like, it's a lot harder for people to come up to artists. And, like, artists are such... If, if artists were to be tools, they would probably be, like the, like, the worst tools to use. Because, like, it's so easy for them to break down because they're artists. Like, they're sensitive. Like, their sensitivity and their ability to connect to God is what makes them, like, the best. Okay, okay, I'll put it this way. I was thinking about this today. And I was thinking, I was like, okay. Every artist, from a local artist to the biggest pop star in the world, the best painter in the world, whatever, excuse me, their medium is, they'll all tell you the same thing. They'll all say, if you ask them, where do you get your ideas from? They'll all say, nine times out of ten, it comes from God. Why? Because being an artist is the ultimate is the ultimate mediumship. I can make a song and I can write a song and be like, okay, okay, I'm gonna make a song. Cool. I can have the thought of wanting to make a song, but until I am given a tune, like a vision of what I need to do, I can't move. I literally have to be given a mission. And like you, that's how you can always notice the, um, the real hits from like the stuff that's been forged through. You can feel it. It's, it you, you can feel it in the music. Um, or like you can feel it in the art, I should say. So like, um, I just think that like humans need to like take, like artists need to take in and remember like you're a medium. Like you're a remote. Like God uses you as a remote to be able to channel what he needs his expression on this planet people have a very like linear way of thinking of god mainly because um mankind um god has a relationship with mankind but mankind really doesn't have a relationship with god that's why nietzsche said god is dead it's because the spirit of god is dead in mankind and in society um it's it's definitely true but i, I there's definitely small pockets of it there is a revival of the spirit coming back um 
in a major way, like in a like bro, in a major major way. So it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um. So yeah. So like, um, artists is just like, please remember that um, your connection to God is your real gift. It's a real real gift. I promise you. When as you keep increasing, I promise you that's one sentence that like you'll it will age with you. Um. Hmm. Um, yeah, so let's see. Okay, so at 18, um, I decided to form an art company. I own an art company that I created called Distant Future. And Distant Future is about creating um, uh, a future where artists are regarded as the beautiful beings that they are. We celebrate artists, but we don't... <laughs> We celebrate artists, but we don't celebrate artists. Artists are well celebrated among artists, but artists are not <clears throat> usually well supported by the mass. Um, the best example of this is if you go to your parents and you're like, hey, mom, dad, I want to be an artist. I want to be a pop star. They're not going to put their money behind you. If they do, you're very you're 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 in the top percentage <laughs> of people like that's that's an amazing gift and you should fucking run with it. Um, um, if uh, as an artist, it's like people have this, even the way that we're compensated, like we're overworked, all these tours that we do, like it's just, there's so many ways, like people really don't take in like the people who help build their society. So this, the future is a way to do that. And then also a way to facilitate greatness. Um, the model for distant future is simply here to create greatness. Um, and I, I'm a big believer that greatness is not something that is formed by yourself. I believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all times because of Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and everybody else on the team, including the coach. That's what made him a great player. Michael Jordan by himself is an amazing player. But what makes Michael Jordan the greatest of all time is his team. So it's the same thing. Um, Distant Future has always been about that. It's about remembering that when we come together, we as people, and we create a moment, we create an intention, we create a picture, uh, we create life, that's greatness. And uh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life proving that point. (laughs) So um, I started um, Distant Future uh, at 18. Um, and, um, it was a tough journey. It was a tough journey. I've, I've gone through a lot in life. I've uh, gone through a lot of journeys, um, from separation with my family, um, homelessness, um, just lot, lots of things <laughs> on the journey of life. Um, but I learned in hindsight that those experiences were beautiful. I needed them. And if honestly, if, if I got to choose that, like, would you go, if, like, if, would you if you knew that you could warn yourself not to go through this would you stop yourself and I really don't think that I would stop myself because not only am I in a beautiful place in life right now uh, mentally spiritually and emotionally but also those moments of darkness created depth I always use this example I say when an artist is painting and they want to draw a cliff or anything with depth what color do they use black they always use darkness as a way to show depth. It's the same thing. God does the exact same thing. God puts a little bit of black, a little darkness in you 
to give you character, to give you depth. Now you actually have something to um to mold you through life, a stronger foundation than the set established one that your parents gave you. Because the lessons that your parents gave you are beautiful, beautiful lessons that you can really use if your parents um, are well aligned themselves, lessons that you can use for lifetimes. But we also need to take into consideration that like some of these lessons aren't exact. It's just, it's just weird. Like, like some of those lessons aren't exactly most, uh, aren't exactly the most beneficial, but exactly, it's not exactly their fault because they lived in a system that told them to basically tell you that stuff. So it's like, it's not like if they had the choice, they would know. But anyway, so, um, built this new future, um, started at 18, went through homelessness, um, went through depth and character. Yeah. Like, um, I really grew from those moments of darkness. I've definitely tried to kill myself and uh, thank God I'm still here. And uh, I'm glad for those moments because they helped me become the person that I am. Like my confidence comes from a deeper place in my soul, in my being because of those moments. Like I would never ever take them back. Um, I urge, I honestly, I always say this and people always say, I think I'm crazy, but I say my biggest wish in the world was that like everybody had a huge, like traumatic, what the fuck moment, like, like something like fucking colossal where everybody's just like, what is going on? The world is going to end. We're just all going to like, I just a huge major event, kind of like how we're going through, but maybe on a deeper level with a little bit more despair because I think that in despair you make or break and that's what I love about people I'm obsessed with the people who didn't break who instead learned that like oh let me bend let me be flexible so I will never ever break let me bend those people interest me a lot and they usually tend to be creative people i don't know if it's because i have an affinity um to be with creative people because i'm a creative type myself or what it is but it's like i've noticed that um so so yeah my biggest thing is i was kind of hope that people would go through moments of despair because like those moments are so beautiful like people look at those moments and like oh, i fucking hate this i hate this and when you're going through it it's definitely it's me. when you're going through it it's definitely not fun it's definitely not fun but when you you finish when you get on the other side and you look back on it you always come out stronger wiser and more in tune every single time you always come out stronger wiser and more in tune so um please please i urge you guys to keep those moments of darkness with you and know that whatever you're going through right now in life it's a building block a year from now two years from now six months from now you're gonna look at yourself and go thank fucking god i went through that because it really helps you build character um on a deeper spiritual level you already chose everything that you're going through. The, you chose these events. Um, 
the, the, the biggest thing that's ever helped me, I wouldn't call it a trick, I would use it more of a kind of as a, as a way of looking at life, maybe a lens, a perspective you could say, is every encounter that you have, positive or negative, look at it and ask yourself, what lesson am I learning from this? What lesson am I learning from this person? And then, the hardest part, be brave enough to stand by your decision. A lot of people know they should be eating better, know they should be working out, know they should be um, chasing that dream, chasing that goal, chasing that husband or wife, getting what they know that they deserve as a human being who is capable and has a vision and a dream, but they're not brave enough to follow their heart. To me, personally, I think that that's one of the things that makes you a man. Um, I think that's one of the big things that makes you, that gives you masculine energy in general. So female or, or male, masculine energy is the ability to be brave in the heart, to be a spiritual warrior, for your spirit to be strong and go, no, I know who I am. Or if I don't know who I am, I am on the way to know who I am. But one thing I do know is I know this. So let me make the right decision from here. The road to a thousand walks, man. Starts with one step, right? Jay-Z said something and I really loved it. Jay-Z said, uh, somebody asked him, what, what, how do you become a good artist? Or like, how do you choose what you want to do in life? And Jay-Z just said, you only have to be right once. And it's such a bar. Like, you only have to be right once. You don't have to be more correct than just once. Because once you've made that decision, once you've made the first step, guess what? It's like a, a staircase of light. The next one shows up. And then the next one shows up. And then the next one shows up. And then eventually, as you keep going on your journey, you look back and like, holy fuck, I conquered the world. So please, please um, be brave in your decision making. Um, Be emotionally honest. This is the reason why uh, this podcast is called The Emotionally Honest One. Because more than anything, we live in a universe that's very output input. What you give out is what you get in. So if you aren't honest with yourself, you're going to have people who aren't honest with you. From a macro level to a micro level. I'm going to break that down even further. If you can't accept things within yourself, you're going to run into people in your simulation, reality, life that are also going to do the same thing. They're not going to accept you for who you are. So you have to understand that and be aware of that. It's kind of like, oh, okay, you know what? You know what? (sighs) I get it. I get it. I get it. You know what? I have to give out energy that allows me to propel myself. And that's really key. That's really, really key. Um, Yeah, it is. Life is a trip. Life is a trip.
Mm, okay, so let's kind of bring me back a little bit further. I think that one thing that was really, really cool um, um, on my journey um, was that I left the house and um, I, <laughs> I guess... <laughs> I guess I'll bring it back again. This is how you know I'm a creative, bro. I'm such a divergent thinker. Like, um, to kind of bring it back to the emotional honesty thing, just just to, to kind of cap it off, if anything. Um, emotional honesty is so important in society because, like, again, like I said, it's like that output-input. But it's also, like, emotional honesty is so important in society because once you're emotionally honest with yourself, you don't judge yourself as much. And like, that's the greatest part. You judge yourself all the time. Why? Because you've been judged your whole life. You've been judged since day one. You've been judged by beauty standards. You've been judged by age. You've been judged by IQ. You've been judged your whole life. So of course you're going to internally judge yourself. In psychology, they say that the inner voices in your head are the voices of your parents and authority figures. So put that in perspective a bit. The day that people in society learn to be emotionally honest with themselves, society will advance like threefold. Like, it's so funny. Like, humans always want to know how to advance in life. And it's like, we've already all found the answers. It's not about seeking information anymore, people. It's about doing the work. You have all the information. This isn't ancient Egypt where you didn't have the information and you had to go out seeking or you had to go on a Mecca. Like, it's, it's no, you live in 2020. It's over. It's all about the work. All the information's out there. So you have to, like, really sit down with yourself and kind of, like, be like, okay, what do I want for myself? And that's a question that I had to ask myself when I kind of started working on distant future. Um, Again, God gave me the vision because who else would give me the vision? Um, and um, he told me, he said, create greatness. Go ahead. And that, that was your purpose, to create greatness. And I kind of molded my life in that. And it wasn't easy because create greatness is such a subtle line, but that's, it's very God-like. <laughs> it's, it's multi-layered, just like he is, you know, multi-dimensional. And... In creating greatness, I had to break it down and figure out, wait, what is greatness for me? And for me, greatness for me was being being a sovereign being, being able to have my own thoughts while respecting others and listening to others' thoughts, um, being able to be a friend to people, take care of my family, all of these things. And I was like, okay, I got some work to do. Um, something that I do now, um, which really helps me, and can help out a few people is I tell myself what are the things that separate me from my God self because I'm a true believer that everyone is God and we are all God and that we are all one so if God because God is everything so if God lives inside you if God was to pop out, if God was just to kind of like take over real quick, what would God be like? God would be the best version of you. 
right? He like God would come through in your body, and he would be, because he's God. So like he's excellent. So it's like he would be the best version of you. That's your God self. That's the only way that you can contain God within you by being God-like. So your God self would be the best version of yourself. So what is the best version of yourself? And what are the things stopping you from being the best version of yourself? Write it down. Don't think it. Write it down. Make a list. I got like 10 things. Fear was one of them. Um, The need for control was one of them. Um, I had a couple of them in there. But write them down. And then you start going at them one at a time. You start with fear. Fear is a huge topic. I can sit down and talk about that another day, but fear, I was like, man, I make a lot of decisions from a fear-based place, which means I'm making fear-based decisions, which means I'm probably going to have fear-based results, whether that's positive or negative. It's still derived from fear. The root is poisoned. So I was like, oh man, that's going to leak at some point. Even if I contain it here, it's still poison, so I gotta find a way to cure it. So I started realizing that, okay, you know what? Let me make decisions based in love. Now, that's a lot harder. (laughs) You're gonna lose some friends. (laughs) You might lose, uh, you might fall out with your family, (laughs) but that's just the universe getting rid of what you don't need in your life. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Um, It just means that this is the time where the universe is like, hey buddy, remember that you're a god and you are an autonomous being. So you're going to do what's best for you because you can't give somebody $5 unless you have 10. So um, for me, I started to notice, I was like, man, I'm just making a lot of fear-based decisions. And um, I started transferring them to making um, love-based decisions. And the best way for me to learn that lesson was to learn unconditional love, <sighs> which, by the way, is not easy. I will never, that's one thing that like I was, <laughs> like I'm never going to make any of the stuff that I talk about sound like it's just a walk in the park. Like you just woke up and it's like, oh man, by the way, yeah, you can just, if you try really, really hard, like, no bro, like it's like dedication. Like that's why I said we have all the information. Now it's time for put in the work. Like I'm a big, I say this all the time. I was talking to my friend um, and it was time that I was like, bro, we have a lot of adepts, but we don't have a lot of masters. We have a lot of people who are applying for jobs, but nobody wants to go to work. And it's the same thing. It's, it's literally the same thing. So for me, it's just like devotion. And 2020 is such a revealing year of that. Like we're, we're seeing the people who have been doing the inner work and the people who haven't. We're clearly seeing it. And it's like, this is going to be like a thing in the future to come as well, where you're going to know who's talking about it and who's done the work um so to go back to unconditional love it's the same thing it's like bro this isn't easy this isn't something that you just like click overnight like this took me years and years to realize this just to just to come to this information um but i think that once you apply it it's rather simple like most spiritual teachings are rather simple it's just again it's awareness um unconditional love or my definition of unconditional love I should say because everybody probably has a different definition but my definition of unconditional love is being able to love someone outside of the relationship that I have with them 
So if you're my friend, I should love you because you're more than just my friend. If you're my wife, I should love you because you're more than just my wife. Like, like these titles that we have are great, but they're also illusions that separate us from our true identity, who we really are as, as beings. Um, they're useful in that in this dimension, in the third reality, because we live in a 3D world. They're necessary titles. We, we're not on this telepathic, like energetic wave yet, where we can just read people's information and history and lifetimes. We're not there yet. So um, titles, names, label and things are still necessary for now. Um, I think that but yeah so um <laughs> gotta think what I was saying <laughs> uh let's see wow Oh, yeah, it's not unconditional love. Yeah, unconditional love. <laughs> I know there's probably somebody on the other side like, oh, man, I hope he remembers what he said. I hope he remembers what he said. Uh, but yeah, like unconditional love. Um, a really dope way that I learned unconditional love was um, through a relationship that I went through. And it was beautiful. Um, she, was, she was a woman of a lot of culture. And um, she was also pansexual which was dope because that meant she loves everybody doesn't matter what you are what you identify as as if she loves you she loves you and that was so beautiful to me that that showed me that my reality was letting me know that I'm ready to move on to the next stage and start to learn this unconditional love um I live in a house and like my door number is number six which is the number of um, <laughs> unconditional love and care and nurture. So it was just really funny to me. It was just really, really funny to me. Um, hmm. But yeah, like a really dope trick that I learned for unconditional love was take it one day at a time. And when you're talking to a person, talk to the God in them. This is going to sound really weird, but just talk to the God in them. Talk to every single person like you were going to talk to God. Because God is in everyone, which means that in some small portion, you're having a conversation with God. So if I was to have a conversation with God... I'd be really respectful <laughs> because, you know, that's God, bro. Like, bro, yo, like, don't don't mess with that guy. Like, I'd be really respectful. I'd also be really grateful because it's God, you know, like he made us. He didn't have to do that. Um, he gave us the ability to experience life. He gave us free will. He could have made us and not gave us free will. That would have sucked. So, like... It's just, it's just like, it's just dope. It's just dope. So like, um, once I started kind of looking at people through those lens, looking at people, um, from a lens of outside of like Buddhist people say something and I'll, I'll kind of add it this way. 
I think this is a really interesting point. Um, Buddhist people talk about how suffering is attachment. And I never understood what that meant. Excuse me. Until I got... Excuse me. Until I got older. And um, I, I got it when I was older. It's like, oh, suffering and the attachment from suffering is your suffering from your attachments like relationships um so your attachment to your traditions your attachment to your society your attachment to your mom the relationship that you have with your mom all of these things that stop you from being the most authentic version of yourself why because i gotta make sure my i please my mom i please my sister i please my family i please um my 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 boss i i please you know you're always trying to please somebody try to make sure that like you fit in and do things so those attachments lead to suffering so the best thing that you can do is to really remove yourself now buddhist people really showed you uh the drastic version of implementing that which is leaving society and becoming a monk in a temple but on the on the modern level what you can do is to also go to the temple but your inner temple, you are also a temple. So go to the temple. Forget society. Stay in your room. This is why I love this quarantine. This quarantine is really dope because it's like um, there's an opportunity for people to really stay inside and discover their temple. The way I kind of <laughs> imagine human beings as like huge walking temples, but all the lights are turned off. Why? Because nobody runs the temple. The temple's not on. Nobody runs the temple. And people who awaken is people who remember to get back to work. Like everybody's in the temple, but everybody's just like sleeping or smoking or just drinking. They're just doing everything besides actually working on the temple. And people who have, who have spiritually awakened are people who are now running the temple. So. Achoo! Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> so yeah, like that's like a really good example that I kind of like to use. Um, it's just people are kind of like running the temple now. What's another tip that I can kind of give? Ooh, I'll give this tip because it helped too. Um, unconditional love. I think that one of the best ways to kind of learn unconditional love is through heart chakra um not activation but like heart chakra um it's gonna sound weird but heart chakra remembrance like if contextualize okay when when you're a kid right remember how the days were so long when you were a kid the days seem like they lasted forever like bro like from when you came from from school the playtime until you had to go inside and do your homework lasted forever it was crazy it was it was was ridiculous it didn't even make sense and it was because you were fully present and um i think that that's another really great lesson of unconditional love is it teaches you to be present to really see um, things for what they are. Like, I see the heart chakra 
as like another inner eye because it just allows you to see um things for what they really are like you really get to see uh people places for what they are when you don't look at them from uh what can they do for me basis which is what unconditional like i mean which is what conditional love is conditional love is conditioned it's like what can you do for me um i like you if you are able to do this for me or satisfy this part of me or fulfill this part of me and it's like I always look at it this way. <laughs> I always said, I would say, um, one of the most disrespectful thing that can ever happen to me, um, if I'm with a woman, is a woman coming up to me and being like, "Hey, um, I really don't like you, but you have great potential, so let's hook up." And it's like, excuse me, like that's that's so insulting to me because it's like we do that. We try to fall in love with people's potential. And we're like, oh man, they have great potential. He's a nice guy. He's got some things to work on. We ignore the red flags. Oh, he's a nice guy. He's got some things to work on. But you know, um, I know I can work him. I can fix him up. Uh, that's usually uh, some women's uh, problems in life is they try to fix a man. Um, man's problem is usually that we we see women and then we're like, oh man, I see these red flags. But you know, I just love her so much, man. I think that we can work it out, you know? We're always fixer-uppers. And it's like, no, no. Nine times out of ten, those same red flags that you see in the beginning is the same reason why you guys will fall apart. Um, when you learn to see people for who they are, you get to love them for who they are. And when you love people for who they are, you also get to see them for who they are. It's very interactive. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, like... When I learned unconditional love, I started noticing that I'm like, whoa, like, I idealize my partners. Hmm. That's interesting. It's it's tough to take in, especially to accept. But I was like, no, I idealize my partners. Huh. That's interesting. That means that I've never really had a chance to meet my partners at the deepest level. Of, like, I've never really got to know them the way I should have known them in the first place because I was too busy uh, playing, having them play the role of this person that I need in my life. When the only person that you need in your life is you, you got to provide yourself your happiness. Your partners can't do that. Your friends can't do that. Your That's not their job. It's your job to make sure you're happy. If you get cut right now, I'm not going to get cut. I'm chilling. I'm home. I'm probably going to smoke and go to bed like it's your life so you also need to take in the responsibilities and the rewards that come with that Hmm. okay (laughs) i've been talking for like 47 minutes (laughs) um i think i'm gonna wrap it up pretty soon but basically um this was dope i just kind of wanted to uh talk a bit about how i got here um and um, just spread a little bit of magic and knowledge along the way. This was beautiful to talk with you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, Like I said, my name is Plametti. This is the Emotionally Honest One, and uh, thank you for listening.